0: what's the scoop around the nba let's find out with the scoop on hoops nba podcast this is your host cody mallory back with another episode of the scoop on hoops nba podcast tonight i am once again joined by my co-host joe farrow we're a little over 24 hours into free agency how are you doing joe
1: Dude, so much has happened. <laughs> so much has happened. It's so hard to keep up, but we're going to run through it all here. So I'm excited to get to talking about it. Yeah, man, I was like, I, it was crazy quick
0: how fast these deals went through. I feel like I was at work, but I looked at my phone. It was like 610 and there was already like 500 Twitter notifications. But, Joe, tampering's not a thing in the NBA. It doesn't happen. Oh, not at all. These, these guys just are able to make deals within, like, 30 seconds to go join teams. But
1: Yeah, it's, before... as, it's as simple as one phone call at 601 on the dot and <laughs> you get a sign right away without hearing anybody else's offer. Crazy. But before we dive into
0: every free agency transaction or trade or whatever, which has been a ton, we'll go through those quickly. I want to talk about Damian Lillard, Joe, because if you haven't heard by now, he finally requested his trade from the Portland Trail Blazers.
1: Happened today, Saturday, um, afternoon time. Well, apparently they, they said that he requested it on Monday, but the news is just getting out today.
0: Yeah, so he had a meeting with the GM and the Blazers front office on Monday. It was reported by pretty much every reporter, Chris Haynes, whoever that, You
1: got to know that Chris Haynes is like the right hand man. It's like they didn't want this to get out until today. (laughs) Correct. And it was the
0: report on Monday was that Dame was going to give them some time, see if they could build a team. And I mean, they gave Jeremy Grant a big, big deal, which will go in $160 million. And it's like the timing that the trade request came out, honestly, in my opinion, it makes Dame look kind of bad because – would the Blazers have given Jeremy Grant $160 million?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think – they I mean, the report came out that they would have done that anyway. But, I mean, like, why are you going to be paying Jeremy Grant $160 million when you're looking allegedly now to retool with a bunch of young guys and draft assets? Like, do you really want to be paying – how old is Jeremy Grant around the ballpark of 30 years old? hundred and sixty million dollars over the next five years. Like I don't, I don't necessarily know if you would want to do that if you knew from the jump.
0: And from the opposite side, I mean, I hope Dame told them. Like, would Jeremy Grant even want to be
1: there? With well, like you said, hope, he's- I hope Portland told Dame. Uh, I hope Portland told Jeremy. Unless yeah. Jeremy was just trying to get a bag and then realizes, okay, like they could offer me the most money right now, but after this season they'll trade me to somewhere that like I could actually be competing. Like maybe yeah. something like that. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's certainly an interesting situation. Cause like we, like I said, like the request actually came on Monday after Correct. the meeting. And then but G- it got, it got leaked to the yeah. media,
0: just to be clear. It got leaked to the media that he was going to stay with the Blazers through free agency see if they could build something and it was not leaked at all. There was no clues that he was requesting a trade this early.
1: Yeah. Um, it all turned around very quick. I mean like four days in NBA terms is literally an eternity, but correct. just like seeing how everything works. Like, like I said, from six o'clock to six Oh one 45 deals happened with no tampering, but, um, yeah, so that's like one minute in the NBA is literally an eternity. But compared to four days, I mean, I I just hope that they uh that they that Jeremy Grant and Portland knew ahead of time if that report that he requested it on Monday is accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean the meeting was with the GM, so you hope Portland would have realized it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would you would hope so, unless the Monday report isn't accurate and it actually did happen. Right? Yeah.
0: um i'm just glad because we've been talking up hyping up this dame situation on every single podcast episode for what feels like the last three years and yes i know the podcast is only like a month old but it feels like every single week this is something we've been talking about and it's finally happening
1: and yeah like this brand of the podcast has only been going for a couple of months but like what some listeners may not know is like me and Cody have been podcasting together for like around three years at this point. So it's like, we have talked about Dame's situation with the Blazers quite thoroughly (laughs) over the years. And uh, it's, I mean, finally today it seemed to be like, not necessarily the breaking point, but what everybody was expecting for multiple years on end. And right. So, yeah, (laughs) pretty much. And it, it leads me into
0: the destination of where he's going to end up because I don't think there's any doubt he's getting traded I mean Portland's going to accommodate him to the best of their ability it's been reported by almost every single reporter that Dame very strongly prefers Miami Mm -hmm. um, the Miami Heat the problem is he's not Bradley Beal he does not have a no trade clause And the Blazers got leaked through Woj that they're going to do what's best for their team in their rebuild. And taking Tyler Hero from Miami when they already have Anthony Simons and Scoo Henderson is not the best move for their rebuild. So I think that's going to be the dilemma in getting the deal done. Do they get in the third team that wants to take Tyler Hero and send more assets to Portland? Do they just send him somewhere else besides Miami and kind of say F you, Dame, even though you've been pretty much everything we've ever wanted these
1: last, what, 10, 11 years he's been there? Yeah. I mean, well, Twitter is also down right now, so you can't really go back and look at everything that was said. Um, but I believe there was a couple other teams that they said outside of Miami, If like if they can't somehow find the third team to reroute Tyler Hero, they said that the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Clippers, the um, the Philadelphia 76ers, and I believe it was one more. It might have been the Knicks. Um, where like the other four teams in the sweepstakes, but pretty much Dame has reiterated to the Trailblazers front office that they that he wants to be in Miami. And that and it also came out that he's communicated with uh, Miami Heat players in the last couple of weeks that he wants to be there and he wants to be part of the heat culture and he wants to win in Miami. So it's, it's definitely going to turn out. uh, It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but all signs right now point to Dame going to Miami and that um, they're going to try to find a third team to reroute Tyler hero to where they could end up somehow with some even more draft capital.
0: Yeah. And I just want to really quickly, mention that Dame's last like on Twitter is from at Dameaflame who tweeted need Dame to pull some LeBron type shit go to Miami win a couple rings and then come back home and win it Portland this is for you <laughs> so that's Dame's most recent like I mean we saw it on the podcast that he was on we talked about this a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago now And he mentioned Miami like that. He then mentioned Brooklyn because of his tightness with Mikael Bridges. Honestly, Joe, I don't know if Brooklyn really is that interested in Dame, which is crazy to say. But they have the assets to outbid Miami for sure, mainly just because they have so many draft picks. And Miami's not really looking for – or sorry, the Blazers aren't really looking for another ball-dominant guard like Tyler Hero. He just doesn't fit what Portland's trying to do. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of – do the Blazers do kind of what the Nets did with Durant and send him to his preferred destination
1: without really taking offers from elsewhere? Yeah, and that's that's another interesting point because it's like when you look at the assets on the top two teams, because when the, when the tweet initially came out, it was all in one tweet. They said, Damian Lloyd has officially requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. Miami and Brooklyn are his top two destinations. That was the full tweet. Like, I mean, obviously there's some other verbiage in there, but they end up saying like – they end up saying those are – it's essentially a two-man race, but he wants to end up in Miami, allegedly right now. If you're going off strictly probably best return for the Blazers, the Nets probably offer a better package to Portland than than the Heat can. But they said they're going to try to work with him at first, and then reports are coming out that they're going to try to do what's best for their team. It's another situation where we were saying leading up to the draft where it's like Portland doesn't know what they're doing still. <laughs> and that's really, like, what it seems like still up to this point. Because um, when you think about it, the Nets have the fourth most draft capital in the league. They have certain salaries to match. They have young assets. They have guys like Cam Thomas. They have Dariq Whitehead and Noah Clowney, which they just drafted. They have uh, even, like, a Dayron Sharp as a young guy. They have They have salaries in, like, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, They have Ben Simmons. If they are interested in like living the Ben Simmons experience of trying to turn him back into all-star form, um, there's options there with Brooklyn, along with, again, the fourth most draft capital in the entire NBA, even though it's not owned by the Nets themselves. Um, So, yes, like if it was like honestly a two man race and they're trying to go off best return, the Nets are in the driver's seat. But if they do want to accommodate Damian Lillard, all signs point to him wanting to go to Miami.
0: Yeah, and I just want to make it clear that the Nets are in the driver's seat with available assets. Uh Maybe not so in the driver's seats for assets they'd be willing to move.
1: Yes, absolutely. Available Uh, assets and assets willing to part with is definitely two very different things. And, like, I mean, us being Nets fans, like, we know how stubborn Sean Marks is. Like, it took him three extra seasons to get rid of Patty Mills and Joe Harris, like, (laughs) any he finally pulled the trigger on both of them today but yep. or today and last night but but yeah so Sean marks is stubborn so we'll see and I mean can you really blame the guy for being kind of skittish on tra- giving up a lot for another superstar again after what he's dealt with yeah. in the last two years <laughs> so i I definitely would not blame him whatsoever for being a little skittish. I think dame is a little different because he's shown his loyalty. But for a while, James Harden was very loyal to Houston, too. Now he has, what, three trade requests in the last two years? (sighs) Yeah, man, we'll get into Harden in a
0: second because I got a lot to say about that before we get into free agency. But honestly, my take on the Dame thing is the longer this drags out, the worse it's looking for Miami. Because Miami can offer what Miami can offer. It's not like they have the net assets that are there like, well, we're going to try to lowball you. We'll add a little bit more as we go. I think Miami only has two tradable first-round picks right now. They have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Like, that's pretty much it.
1: And if they're looking for a young player, you got to throw in, like, Nikola Jovich, right? Yeah. So, they want a young guy to center the trade around, and they're going to reroute uh, Tyler Hero. Like, unless you find some solid younger assets at different positions than guard to bring in on cheaper contracts, it's, right. it's tough for Miami. And the longer it drags out, if Miami is the one that trades him – that trades for him, the worse it looks because free agency, we're already 24 hours in and there's been a lot of signings. Like a lot of the names are off the board. So it's like the longer you wait, the less of an opportunity you have to really, really fill out your roster. So it's like, there's a lot of guys like, I mean, like, and we're going to get into it, of course, but like the heat, not the heat, but like the Suns, they've garnered up a lot of the vet men guys that, that a lot of people were looking to get. And then a lot of the guys that were like, Mid-level exception candidates are already signing with other guys. People are being overpaid. People are uh, just like signing where nobody really thought they would sign some stuff out of the blue. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the the longer it goes on, specifically for Miami, um, the worse it looks for like their team next season because they're already depleted. They lost Max Shrews. They lost uh, Gabe Vincent. They, lo- they traded Victor Oladipo, and now if they do trade for Dame, they're going to be losing Tyler Hero. So it's like they, they don't have much depth left on that team right now. So they have to fill out the roster once they do trade for Dame, if that is the team that trades for them.
0: 100%. Joe, honestly, my best guess on how this goes down, and Chris Haynes also reported this, of, to look out for Brooklyn as that third team wanted to take Tyler Hero. I wouldn't be surprised if Dame goes to Miami – the Nets take Tyler Hero. They send either Royce or Dorian Finney-Smith to Miami somehow. And that's really important because the Nets, if they take Tyler Hero right now, they would be a luxury tax team. And I'm sure the Nets don't want to be a tax team when they aren't a championship contender. So they would have to move off of Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal to get underneath that tax apron. Along, and then,
1: along with Spencer need to match salary, most likely.
0: Correct. Yep. And then do they – it's the draft capital. Like how much are they going to be sending back to Portland pretty much I would, for I would, Hero?
1: Assume, I would assume Miami would be sending two first-round picks – their two first-round picks to Portland, and I believe the Nets – I would assume the Nets would have to send at least one from somewhere. Yeah.
0: And I mean, that seems like the most likely trade now. Question is, do the Nets do that or do they kind of wait it out and say, no, we're not going to help you, Miami. We're going to try to get Dame for ourselves a little cheaper later on once the Blazers are like, yeah, we don't want your package. No one wants to take Tyler Hero. So we're going to move on. And I guess that's kind of going to be the question of the Nets kind of play chicken like that. Wait for Miami to kind of flake out and not find someone to take Tyler Hero and try to swoop in to get Dame? Or did the Mets take Hero back themselves?
1: And Chris Haynes also said that the San Antonio Spurs could be involved as a third team as well in that trade. To take Tyler Hero, correct. Yep. So we will see. It's a lot of moving pieces, clearly. It seems in all likelihood that it's going to be a three-team deal because, the, because Portland does not want to take on Tyler Hero.
0: Correct. 100%. Moving on. So – before we go into free agency, I want to talk about the James Harden situation really quickly. Um, Joe kind of hinted at it earlier. So James Harden ultimately decided to opt into his 36, $35 million player option with Philly. And with the intention of being traded from his third team in the last, what, two and a half years, three years. Yeah, three years. And, James Harden is not the same player that he was. Like, there's just no question about it. It's not even close anymore. And it's like he's been rumored to maybe the Clippers, the Knicks. But it's like, Joe, I don't even care about James Harden. It's like, what happens with what happens with Philly? Because yeah. they're not gonna get shit back for Harden. And you saw the return that the Nets got for Kyrie on it expiring. Yeah. James Harden is not at the same level of player as Kyrie. I know Kyrie, you can argue, is unreliable. Does he like basketball? Whatever. But I saw, like, the packages that the Clippers could offer. And it's like, if I'm Joel Embiid, man, I don't want to be there with that.
1: I, I completely agree. Um, James Harden has proven in the last couple of years that, like, he doesn't even know where he wants to be at this point. So he can say – had- <laughs> say He was leaving Houston. He said he wanted to be in Brooklyn and he was there in Brooklyn for like a full, like in total, like a full season, half a season at the end and half a season at the beginning. And then he wanted to be shipped out to Philly. He said he wanted to be in Philly the whole time since he was in Brooklyn. Then he goes to Philly. He's there for the second half of last season and then this full season. And then he's up for an extension again. He doesn't want to be the leading assist guy in the league and play with the MVP of the league. Now he wants to go (laughs) elsewhere. So I don't know what he wants. I'm sure he doesn't even know what he wants. He wants to probably party with Lil Baby in Atlanta every week. But he probably doesn't want to play with Trey Young. But he also might know that he doesn't. He also might not know that he doesn't want to do that. Who knows? But I think the best fit for James Harden would be with the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers have missed that facilitating point guard. For the last couple of years and James Harden has proven the last like two seasons in the league that he's like one of the top assist guys in the NBA and can really run an offense, however you truly need him to in Los Angeles, he would not need to be the scoring threat that he used to be because I don't even really think he's capable of being that scoring threat that he's used to be anymore. Um, He would be the main setup guy for Paul Jordan Kawhi Leonard. And I mean, he could even if he's the main setup guy for them, he will still average 20 points a game. It will definitely not be as flashy as it used to be, but he he'll still give you 20 and 10. And I feel like that's probably the best fit for him. Russell Westbrook, uh, spoiler, just re-signed with the Clippers. And so you could have a team consisting of Russell Westbrook and James Harden running point for those for that team. As and then have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the wings. And Harden could even play some off ball with Russell Westbrook running the point. So I feel like that's the best fit. I don't even really know where else is a solid fit, even for James Harden at this point. I feel like it's kind of clippers or bust. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting situation. Uh, because James Harden, again, who knows what he wants. We don't even – he doesn't even know what he wants, it seems. <laughs> Real quick, I, I don't want to talk about this for too long because it's it's not a huge
0: – it's not Dame requesting a trade. Like, that's yeah. not what this situation yeah. is. But uh, to be fair to James Harden, it, it was rumored that he ultimately wants out because the 76ers did not want to give him a long, long-term contract. Honestly, I don't blame the 76ers, so I don't want to throw any shade that way. All I have to say is I agree with you completely. Clippers are the best, uh, best fit by far for him. I don't know what they're going to give up to get him. And the 76ers better hope that Tyrese Maxey takes Turn that up. next step to an all-star level player, or we will be sitting here next summer talking about is Joel Embiid the
1: next star to ask out of the team he's currently in. Um, I completely agree. But I want to bring up a quick point. You remember when um, the Brooklyn Nets offered both James Harden and Kyrie Irving max extensions, and then Kyrie Irving just signed for half of the extension that he was offered in Brooklyn, and then now James Harden is gonna get nowhere near the max extension that he was offered in Brooklyn, and they both didn't like those offers and wanted to venture elsewhere, and then now they're still gonna sign for both for less. Man, that's oh. that's funny. I thought Brooklyn was the problem. <laughs> Not
0: only did Kyrie not like the offer, he disliked it so much from the Nets that he didn't
1: even counter. He just requested a trade. And James Harden did the same thing. Yep. So, but again, he doesn't even know what he wants. So I'm um, I'm done with James Harden. Whatever. Crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's a perfect segment. Let's kind of fly through free agent signings. If you want to start going through them, Joe, I'll kind of stop you yep. on ones that I find interesting.
1: But There's a- that. Yeah. There's a lot in the beginning that are not very interesting because there's a lot of role players being signed to places, but on some of the contenders, they could be very high-impact players. So the first deal that we have on NBA.com, O'Shea Brissett joins the Celtics. Okay, who cares? Um, The Suns, they sign Drew Eubanks, Kata Bates Diop, and Chemezi Metu. Those are three solid um, deals, I think, to fill out that roster. Definitely don't mind that whatsoever, especially because with the new CBA, the Suns are like super handicapped. Cody, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I think those are three solid deals to add.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, given what they had available,
1: I mean, they don't—they're not like they
0: don't move me. Like I'm going to be like, wow, the Suns won free agency, but they're right.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. The Minnesota Timberwolves sign a free agent, sign a Nikhil Alexander Walker to a two-year deal. Um, the Lakers add Cam Reddish. Troy Brown also signs with the Timberwolves. The Suns also bring back Joshua Kogi. Um, Derek Rose, this is probably one you want to talk about, Cody. Um, Derek Rose, he signs with the Grizzlies on a multi-year vet minimum contract. That's, I think, a very good vet for, yep. um, for John Morant. I think that's something that they desperately needed. Um very similar player early, early in his career to John Morant. Um, I just, th- I think that's a really good addition for the Memphis Grizzlies. They needed a veteran presence. They needed somebody who could really like be like that leader for John Morant and like he could reach John Morant on like a personal level. Cause they are the same style of player. I'm sure John Morant at some point realized that he, he uh, that he, that like, they are literally like the same player. Um, But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's, like you said, it's 100% for the -the off-the-court stuff. It's definitely not for the -the on-the-court stuff. Like, you look at Derrick Rose. He averaged 12 minutes a game – or, yeah, 12 minutes last year. He only appeared in 27 games, like, five points, like – They weren't signing him to go and score 20 anymore or 15 or even be the sixth man. Like, their main goal is we need a mentor for John Morant. And if he does that, he'll be worth every penny they're paying
1: him. Absolutely. Um, And, like, I don't know. He might see some minutes. I don't remember if the Wolves drafted a point guard, but they just traded away Trey Jones. So, maybe Derek Rose will see some minutes. Who knows?
0: Whoa, Joe, they got Patty Mills being rerouted to them, all right? That's all they need, Patty.
1: Is that actually happening? I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Patty <the, laughs> uh, the, the uh, went to Memphis. I'm like 90% sure. That's very funny. All right. So the Nuggets bring back DeAndre Jordan, also off the court stuff. Um, the Kings bring back Trey Lyles. Yuta Watanabe joins the Phoenix Suns as well. He was one of the top three-point shooters early in the early in the season last year, and he rejoins Kevin Durant in Phoenix. Um, Josh Richardson is rejoining the Heat after spending the early part of his career there. Damian Lee also re-signs with the Suns. Seth Curry is rejoining the Mavericks. He spent (laughs) his career there. There's a lot of uh, reunions going on in uh, free agency this year. Um, Kevin Love re-signs with the Heat. Um, That's like kind of a whatever move to me also. The Lakers Lakers signed Torian Prince to their mid-level exception. Uh, Shake Milton moves on to the Timberwolves. The Nuggets re-signed Reggie Jackson. Uh, Julian, uh, is it Champagne or Champagne? Whatever the the hell you say it is. He signed signed a four-year, $12 million deal with the Spurs. Uh, Trey Trey Jones re-signs on a two-year deal to the Spurs. Javon Carter signs with the Bulls. This was the first like out of nowhere like I don't know what you're trying to do signing a free agency. I think the Magic signed Joe Ingles to a 2-year, $22 million contract. I was sitting there like watching free agency on my phone and I was like I'm kind of waiting for like that out of nowhere like why is this happening deal? And Joe and Joe Ingles getting 12 getting 11 million a year to the Orlando Magic was certainly the one <laughs> that caught my eye first. Uh Georges Niang got three years, $26 million, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Dennis Schroeder gets $26 million over two years to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, Karis LeVert signs with the Cavaliers, Resigns. Uh, the Lakers steal Gabe Vincent away from the Heat uh, on a three-year, $33 million contract. Derek White returns to the Bulls on a three-year deal worth 40 million. And now here's bag alert. This is like this is a bag alert, honestly. I think you know where I'm at. And Bruce Brown, one of the one of the top heralded role players throughout the playoffs this year. He gets two years, $45 million from the Indiana Pacers. What are your thoughts on that one, Cody? <laughs> um Mm, the, the Pacers, man,
0: just in <laughs> general. Like the Pacers have had a very interesting offseason to say the least. Yeah. Um Jeff, Bruce Brown, like he's a good role player, like yes. energy guy. But he's more than an energy guy now. Like he's improved Blue his guy. game. Blue he guy. was he took a big step in Brooklyn and then obviously he helped the Nuggets win a championship this past season. Like he was an important piece off their bench. It's an overpay, though. Honestly, I don't get the need in Indiana. I mean, the Pacers are going to be absolutely lethal in transition, especially with acquiring Obi Toppin. I mean, uh, Halliburton tweeted something like, I'm going to be on my Mahomes and Kelsey shit and just throw the ball up and say, Obi's there somewhere or something like that. I don't remember the exact tweet.
1: Yeah, somewhere like that. I mean, it's true because Halliburton was also one of the top assist guys in the league last year. So he's, he's going to have a lot of fun throwing it up to guys like that in transition this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a horrible deal. Like, it's relatively
0: short two years. It's not like they gave him like four years, like 100 million. So I don't think it's terrible.
1: No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Was that a shot at Draymond? All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> the Lakers bring back Rui Hachimura for three years, $51 million. Uh, Porzingis, the numbers haven't come out yet exactly, but Porzingis agreed to an extension with the Celtics that will keep him through the 2025-2026 season, per Chris Haynes. The Pelicans re-signed Herb Jones on four years, $54 million. Jakob Pertl got four years, $80 million to stay with the Raptors. And then here it is, Draymond Green, four years, $100 million with the Golden State Warriors. I believe he has a player option after year three. But I believe the third year of that deal lines up with Stephen Clay. I may be incorrect. Or maybe it's hmm. the- not exactly sure. But do you want to comment on that, or are you good? I mean, Golden State didn't have a choice. Like yeah. you said, it, it lines up.
0: They needed him back. Like, he's important. It's an, it's an overpay. Like, there's no other way to say it. It's an overpay. It's a long-term deal. But, uh, I mean, Draymond's not the type of player where it's like he relies on athleticism and he's going to fall off a cliff, like – He's a leader. He kind of sets up the offense. He plays defense. He can kind of guard like one through five. So, I don't know. Makes sense for Golden State. I think they paid a little more than I expected, but don't hate it.
1: Yeah, I don't really hate it either because, I mean, in reality, when you look at it, like even though Draymond does not play point guard, he is the initiator of the offense in Golden State. Yep. That's really how it is. Like he just you does. He just does everything for them.
0: You haven't gotten to the deals that I hate yet. I'm waiting, Joe. I'm waiting. I'm
1: I'm running through them. Kyle Kuzma gets – he re-upped with the Washington Wizards, which was interesting. Uh, Four years, $102 million. I
0: really – real quick, I I really like that deal for the Wizards. Uh, I mean, I don't really understand why Kuzma wanted to stay there personally. They're clearly a rebuilding team. But I think Kuzma is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And – when we get to some of the other contracts that were given out, like that's a good deal for the Wizards with Kuzma.
1: Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. Chris Middleton returns to the Bucks for three years, 102 million. Yep.
0: We mentioned when he opted out that he was gonna get a long-term deal, most likely, otherwise he never would have opted out. So that makes
1: sense. Yep, absolutely. Cam Johnson gets four years, $108 million from the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets did that on their own accord without having to match the restricted free agency, which was certainly interesting. I'm surprised they went up that high without seeing the market for him first based on like, I mean, I'll, we'll say it right now. The the uh, Austin Reeves, he signed a deal with the Lakers to return on the max that the Lakers could offer him. Didn't even let him get an offer from another team and then, and then match, which is what the – was all along i don't know the exact numbers i'm sure i'll get to it eventually but we'll we'll move past it Kyrie irving returns to the mavericks on a three-year 126 million dollars deal we kind of touched that all a touch on that already i believe this is the one that you might hate cody fred van vliet signs with the the with the houston rockets three years 130 million dollars bro he got more first off he got more money than Kyrie. Yeah, I just the Rockets, bro.
0: They are having a horrible offseason. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't think <laughs> they know what the hell they're doing. They are poorly run. They're trading guys like KJ Martin, like young, talented players away for yeah. shit. Like they got second two, round picks. Two like, second man. round
1: picks for KJ Martin, send them to the Clippers. That was a very interesting deal for sure. But they gave away, they gave up Garuba, they gave away two other young guys. And it's like, man.
0: Here. Van Vliet is a chucker. He's small. He's a traffic cone. He got—they gave him a max. That's a three-year max.
1: Like it's crazy to me. I don't get it, Joe. I don't get what Houston's doing in general. Yeah, I, I don't understand either. Especially when they already have a lot of young guards that are already really good. It gets worse <laughs> for Houston though. Like the Van Vliet deal, as crazy as it is, isn't yeah. the
0: worst deal they gave out, which is just yeah. baffling. Cool.
1: We'll get to it. Jeremy Grant signed for five years, $160 million with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we touched on that already. I'm skipping a couple. Dante Exum's returning to the NBA uh, with uh, a one-year deal to the Dallas Mavericks. Ty Jerome signs with the Cavaliers for two years. Dennis Smith Jr. signs with the Brooklyn Nets for one year. Uh, there's a there's a couple of uh, like EuroLeague players signing. Uh, Sasha Venzikov signed with the Kings for three years, $20 million. He was like a two-time EuroLeague MVP. Uh, Alex Lenz returning to the Kings for one year. Thomas Bryant signs with the Heat. The Pistons get Monte Morris. The Clippers get uh, – they traded for K.J. Martin for two future second-round picks from the Rockets. The Heat send Oladipo to the Thunder uh, for, like, future draft compensation, which is going to be, like, a second-rounder. Um, the Thunder sign, uh, sign a free agent, Jack White, from Australia, two-year contract. Jackson Hayes signs with the Lakers for two years. I think it's an opt-out after one as well. Uh, Mo, Mo Wagner signs with uh, Orlando for two years. Jaden McDaniels signs for two years, $9 million with the Raptors. The Knicks signed Dante DiVincenzo for four years, $50 million, reuniting him with his Villanova teammates with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. Uh, Dwight Powell signs for three years with the Mavericks. Jock Landale signs with the Rockets for four years. Jay that wasn't
0: that was another freaking wild one, bro. That, I don't. Doesn't that it wasn't say the number. It
1: was four years, thirty-two million, right? It was eight million a year for John Lyndale. Kind of wild.
0: Yeah, it was something crazy like that. He got paid, man, and it's like uh, it
1: was out of nowhere too.
0: Really yeah,
1: four-year, thirty-two million-dollar deal blows my mind. But you can go continue. Jay, Cr- Jay Crowder stays with uh, Milwaukee on a vet minimum. Patrick Beverly heads to the 76ers on a one-year deal, and then here's it: Max Drew signs. Uh, with the Cavaliers in a sign in trade, he gets four years, sixty-three million, and Chetty Osman is going back to the Heat. Uh, that's kind of a bit of an overpay for Max Struess. I I don't really have much much else to say about it. <laughs> I agree. Some some rookie extensions, uh, rookie deal ex- extensions. Desmond Bain agrees to a five-year max extension with the Grizzlies, which could go up to two hundred and seven million, uh, if he makes like all NBA, all that kind of stuff. Um. Same thing with Tyrese Halliburton. He gets five years, $260 million If he like, if that stuff conveys. The Knicks sent Obi Toppin to the Pacers. Dylan Brooks. Uh, four years, $80 million with the Houston Rockets. Bro, what the fuck were the Rockets? <laughs> they got to the the really spend the money somewhere. This they? is
0: the one I've been waiting for more yeah. so than the Van Vliet one. And trust me, I didn't like the Van Vliet deal. But Dylan Brooks, bro, twenty million a year on average. Oh my god! Man. This was this was like three hours ago. <laughs> like, or Ime
1: Udoka, he fucked up. He fucked up going to the Rockets. Oh, no, he really did. Uh, moving forward, the Lakers gave D'Angelo Russell two years, thirty-seven million, bringing him back. Russell Westbrook returns to the Clippers on a two-year, eight million-dollar deal, which is very good value for the production that he brings. Um, the whole thing with Russell Westbrook is he was making forty million dollars and his production was not forty million dollar worthy. So two years, eight million dollars, four million annually for Russell Westbrook is a great deal, I think. Yep, uh, I agree. One of the honestly one of the best contracts in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. It goes uh, from
0: one of the worst to one of the best, just yep. like that.
1: Austin Reeves resigns with the Lakers, four years, fifty-four million dollars. Brooke Lopez signs a two-year deal to stay in Milwaukee. I believe he's getting twenty-four million annually. I believe it's two years forty-eight. Yep. And then Lonzo Ball agreed to a max extension up to $260 million for five LaMelo, years. LaMelo. LaMelo Ball, not Lonzo. My bad, Lonzo, my bad. My bad. La- LaMelo Ball signs with Houston. Uh, not Houston. The Hornets <laughs> to a max uh, uh, worth up to $260 million. And then the last thing we have here is Damian Lloyd requests a trade from the Blazers. That is the whole rundown from NBA.com. My biggest winner so
0: far so far cuz obviously it could change if dame goes to like some wild card team or james harden ends up somewhere it could could change this but the lakers man yeah got to give the lakers some flowers like Polinka, they've he's had some shitty off seasons the last couple of years i mean he saved it at the trade deadline this past season the lakers have had a great free agency they got they got Austin Reeves on a steal, in my opinion. It was like four years, fifty-six million or something.
1: I think it was fifty-four, but yeah, even if it was 56, still like,
0: which is the most they could like offer. But then they didn't have to match. Like that was a steal. They kept D'Lo. They kept Achimura. Like they brought everyone back. They got a uh, they got Richard, Gabe the Vincent, only, right?
1: Only person they lost is Dennis Schroeder, and you replace him with Gabe Vincent. Yeah. You add, add, you add in the draft Jalen Hood, uh, Shafiliano, or however you pronounce it, but he's one of the top point guards in this class. They yep. get seventeenth overall pick. I mean, like the only person you lose is Dennis Schroeder. You you shed the salaries of Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley by waiving both of them, and you bring in you bring in two other talent. You bring in some other talents that are that are. Definitely, like I think Jackson Hayes will provide more valuable minutes than Mo Bamba did for them because he was hurt the entire time he was there. Um yep. But yeah, I mean the Lake the Lakers killed so far in free agency. They had Torian Prince, a good three and D wing. Um, they they've done really well this offseason. Like, and that that was the thing. The Austin Reeves contract is the big one. Um They were saying yeah. that he get up to a hundred million. And like like I like I was saying with the Cam Johnson signing, that was my biggest takeaway. The Nets go out and they sign Cam Johnson on a four-year 108 million dollar deal um, worth like 27 million annually without having to match whatever somebody else offered him. They just fall out, they just straight up sign him to to that deal. But the Lakers just offer whatever the max that they could offer was for Austin Reeves. And he he ends up signing for that instead of waiting for another team to offer. And and getting like a cheaper deal, so the Lakers played this off season beautifully so far. I think.
0: I agree completely. I mean, like I said, it's still early; something could change. But so far, they're my winner of the free agency.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Um, anything else, Joe, that we missed real quick? I mean, we went through a lot, a lot in this episode.
1: Uh, no. I mean, I don't think. I think. Honestly, it's all, again, hinging on what happens with Damian Lillard. So we'll see where that happens. And I'm sure that's the next time listeners are going to hear us. Yeah. So like I said earlier, it's late Saturday. We're
0: approaching midnight Eastern time. The Dame drama is going to be the biggest story of the rest of free agency. But let's wrap up here, Joe. Thank you for listening to the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share. We greatly appreciate all the support. Until next time, bye bye.